0: Okay, this is it. Ready? One, two, three,
1: go. Welcome back to the Terrible of X podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm Justin. Right over there is Justin. Yeah. And uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, I want to apologize for that. It's, yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. It,
0: I'll take full responsibility for that.
1: But you that know, I had me. the COVID nineteen, so don't you can't
0: take full well, responsibility for two it. Two weeks of that was Josh for Qu- sure. Quarantine. 100. Josh.
1: Baby shit. It was nothing. Kicked its ass. There you go. It was chopping Exercise. wood in three days. Yeah, Clearing brush, that. pruning trees.
0: You didn't get the vaccine. Oh. <laughs>
1: You're going to go there. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, I figured why not. Why don't we do a whole episode talking about all, right. all of this stuff that's going on right now with the um, vaccine? Or as I like to call it, the injection.
0: I got my first injection.
1: When do you get the next one? The 30th of April this month. Have so. you noticed any adverse side effects? No, I have
0: a bit of a sore arm, but that's it. I got the Pfizer. Which arm? Left. Left delt. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, <laughs> That's why it's brown and kind of rotten off. The <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, no, that's fine.
1: Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. like, if I've had it... I've got the antibodies now, right? I'm good. I'm good. I
0: don't know how all this works. You hear so many different stories. I was on the fence about getting it, and then then you're hearing about the UK variant that's on the way.
1: I was watching some stuff today about all of the mutations. I
0: figured, what the hey? Let's go get it.
1: It was a uh, 60 Minutes segment. It was about 14 minutes long, and they were just the whole thing was about the many mutations that are happening. I guess hundreds, if not thousands
0: of them. Isn't that with any virus, though? That's true with any any virus. virus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's always a shot in the dark when they do the uh, flu shots every year. They don't know, they're just taking a guess at which uh, variant, which mutation is going to
0: be most
1: prevalent during the season.
0: Hey, you know, it's like I like to say, what are you going to do? You do say that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So I got that. That's, you know, and some other stuff's been going. That's why it took us so long, me really so long to get this going. But four-ish months, you know. Yeah. I believe, though, last episode, we did the Dennis Martin disappearance. Yes. And we teased, we ballyhooed an interview with Dwight McCarter. Yes, we did. And we did it. We did. It happened. We did get the interview, and it went all right. We had some technical issues. The yes, the acoustics <laughs> were really not the best of the best. No, the best, sir, with honors.
1: Uh, but while you're while you mention that, sorry to interrupt you there for just a second there. I just wanted to, even though the acoustics weren't the greatest, uh, plug the campground. Yes, the facility. They let us use their facilities, uh, heat. We got to go into the room, turn on the heat. It was in the winter. It was in December when we did the uh, interview. And uh, they did let us come in and use their stuff free of charge.
0: Yes, very nice.
1: So uh, thank you very much, Little Arrow Campground in Townsend, Tennessee, for letting us uh, come in there and uh, use your facilities.
0: Yes. So if you you need to go.
1: They got all kinds of stuff there, tents and they've got you've got an RV, you can, you know. It's right you, on the river. Right on the river. And uh, you should go and check it out if you uh, come to visit the Great Smoky Mountains National mm-hmm. Park. It's right outside the park. I mean, you can throw a rock and hit the sign. Hit the old sign. Yeah. yeah. You're right there at the Y. So go check them out if you come down here and which pay us a visit. Which is on
0: the way to Cade's Cove. Cade's Cove, which is close to where people Disappear, disappear and are
1: never seen again exactly <laughs>
0: full circle
1: right, right back to it yeah yeah so yeah thanks thanks the laro yes. campground
0: thank you very much but the yes when you do listen to this interview it is a little echoey you can hear the ac or the heat unit kick on and off and some kids in the playground playing
1: it was a basketball court right yeah. outside you yeah know. but all in all it went well yes very well very long
0: very very long for
1: a remote interview, mm-hmm. as we as we like to call them. We we go remote when we have to.
0: Yeah, On travel. Uh,
1: yeah, we'll go wherever we'll we'll go wherever and do whatever it takes.
0: Exactly. So
1: and we practice safe uh, interview um, techniques. Yes, we did. Such
0: as uh, social. We distanced ourselves. You can, you can see that on Instagram <laughs> in There's the pictures. picture picture proof, <laughs> and on our we have
1: ten foot. XLR cables to provide yes. plenty of space. Mm-hmm. Should we interview you? Because Justin really thing about this interview is he loved it so much. Let me tell you, and loves editing interviews, and he loves the process of the
0: interview. the so. the, inter- the interview process. This is my first interview. You're not going. You're not going to hear much of me. First official. Because many every, more to come. Yes, but every question I asked seemed to be dismissed. Pretty quickly, <laughs> I asked about Bigfoot at one. Moment. I think the, I left that in. Yeah, hear, yeah, yeah. He, I asked about Bigfoot, and as he went, Josh would ask a question. It'd be an hour and a half story. I asked, "Hey, you ever hear any Bigfoot stories?" No. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, just nothing.
1: Well, you know, um, I'm pretty well versed on his his career. I've read of a lot of his, almost all of you his are books. A big
0: fan. Yeah, and I was I was kind of ready
1: and knew what to specifically ask. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. Uh, I kind of just went into, I, I, I was just clueless, really. UFOs, Bigfoot, monsters. I wanted, monsters, some, I wanted the, the creepy stuff. Right out of the gate. Yeah, but the, he wasn't having it. So. Until the very end. Yeah. Then it got a little interesting. It did. So It does. You'll hear it. Uh, just
1: so. kind of talking about the interview for a second. I won't go into the specifics I'll let you listen to it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just kind of we we kind of cover uh a lot of his career, and uh, some of his interesting cases, and we of course talk about Susan Clements, Trini, and of course Dennis Martin, which was the big case. He did have a very interesting theory
0: about that. Yes, I like I
1: like that. He there's you know it's um. Which I, a lot of the search and rescue guys, they don't speculate on on the why necessarily, which I think we'd mentioned before in the other uh, podcasts, mm-hmm. and and he really didn't do that either. Yeah, he's um, good about that. They don't really speculate on the why, so it's you know it's left up to you know mm-hmm. just taking all the information yeah. and trying to figure it out yourself, which is why it's so intriguing, I guess. Exactly.
0: That's so why a, it's a mystery wrapped yeah. in a riddle. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we're all about here. It's all we deal
1: with day in so, and day out here at the Terribly Vex Podcast. Yeah, which we're
0: going to have a website up pretty soon. It's I guess there's one up now, terriblyvexpodcast.com. Yeah. It's, it's kind of under construction. Under construction. Just got it. Just threw some You can't really do anything there. there yet. Not yet. But it will be there.
1: Uh, while we're talking about the website and where we're going to go with that we do have an instagram that i post things on regularly i think i just popped the p like you told me not to i'm it's sorry about right. that it's okay um, so go to our instagram which i believe is just terribly vex podcast yes and you will find even if we don't have a podcast up some pretty interesting information i try to keep it keep it rolling there if i can yeah you're maybe one every one or two weeks I'll post something and they're kind of lengthy too mm-hmm. a lot of book recommendations I'm going to put a lot of book recommendations on our Instagram uh, so follow us there if you'd like yeah and
0: uh, if you want to get in touch Terry Podcast at gmail.com show ideas we we always appreciate those Anything questions please send your questions comments good or bad please do that on iTunes though if you're going to leave a comment, rate and subscribe as they say. We want to get a
1: dialogue going here. Yeah. Um, which is important to us. We want to we want to hear from people. Love and it or hate it, we want to hear it. Yeah. Both.
0: I don't mind. Yeah, I don't either. So.
1: Um so yeah.
0: Anything else? I Before don't think we so. roll the interview. Roll the interview. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. Um it, was, it it was a it was about what, two hours and change. And I cut Yeah, the full interview was about two and a half hours, roughly. Okay. And it's an hour nineteen. So I cut, you know, some some just tightened it up. Yeah, you know, a lot of paw bathroom breaks.
1: There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, so, so we wanted to keep it on track is as, as to what uh, the subject matter was. Yeah. Like I said, we were prepared. We came in with a lot of, you know, questions. And, you know, we're talking about the Dennis Martin case. It's 50 years old so we're asking somebody who's you know near 80 yeah that's difficult for anybody very good storyteller
0: though yeah very good storyteller but it's
1: it's so difficult to you know have to and he's been asked so many times about it he's been interviewed so many times yeah so it's uh it's I, I couldn't imagine somebody asking me, you know,
0: yeah you know. Mm, yeah, every once in a while, you know he got some stories confused dates and years confused and stuff. So he's we, found
1: hundreds of people. it's like so many different dates
0: and everything going through his head, so you know, we kind of snip those little
1: he's forgotten more information than I'll ever even know. exactly. So, so you know, here we are. Here's two guys. He doesn't know, and he's you know kind enough to grant us these uh, this you know one afternoon to yeah. answer
0: all our stupid questions. Yeah, and he brought some a tote bag full of snippets and photographs, and stuff. which you can see on the Instagram as well. Yeah, I posted some of those. That. Yeah. So I guess we can go ahead. And anything else
1: to add? I don't think so. I'm consulting my notes right now, and uh, I don't think there's anything else. All right. Just uh, enjoy the interview with uh, Dwight McCarter, the tracker.
0: This is the Terribly Vexed Podcast with Justin and Josh. We yes. are interviewing a le- living legend,
1: Dwight McCarter. If you went and- missing in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park or in the Appalachian Mountains in general, this was the man that they sent to find you and bring you back. Yes. Retired National Park. Backcountry Ranger, mm-hmm. the Tracker, Dwight McCarter. Yes, and so you uh, were just out of the army a few years prior to coming into the National Park Service.
2: Yeah, uh, I was in the army sixty-two to sixty-four, and uh, and discharged from Ger- Germany. They <clears throat> they trained me as a paramedic at Fort Sam Houston, Texas. Uh, at uh, it's right near the Mexican border there. Uh, and uh, and so I was a sort of a paramedic there, and five five weeks I guess as was there. and uh, and uh, and then they put me on an old DC three, and flew to Laguardia, and landed it in Laguardia, and it went from hot to cold, and and then they they had this ambulance, as an old stretch, like a Pontiac, yeah, four door. Ambulance, you know, and uh, and we went to Brooklyn, and there's a whole bunch of uh, there's about five troop ships there, and so I gave shots to the to the troops, and and you got to watch and not hit the bone there, you, gotta, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a that's a very you got to you got to cup the the fatty, yep. fatty parts, you know. You hit the bone, you're gonna make a barb, you know, and mm-hmm. and they they had me filing down the barbs. Uh, you ever see the old uh, syringes and the, that that the the needle part was separate from the plunger, you know, right. but, but you hit a bone and it curled up that little end, and so it, part of my job was to file it down. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, it,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Where it didn't tear up more skin there. But, but I liked it in Brooklyn uh, Got to Got to go to the veterans' hospital that uh, on the, there's, a, there's like a big paddle wheel or ship that, or a boat that carries them from uh, uh, from Manhattan, you know, or uh, over to this, uh, this veterans' hospital on the island. And yeah. I drive the ambulance <coughs> down to the bottom two floors, you know, and then go up and get me a cup of coffee there. It's It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Your, your first position with the park though, when you came down here, was a seasonal position. Is that right? You were manning fire towers, which is something, a job that no longer exists, obviously. Or does it? It does. It does not here or it does here? Everywhere. Really? I just learned something new.
2: Yeah. That, uh, 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 look rock is still in business. Uh, the, the one at, uh, Catalucci, uh, the fire tower there is still in business. Really, the there's one in North Carolina that's
1: uh, uh, is that Sterling? I think it
2: is. You have Mount Sterling, and
1: uh, and uh, they they have equipment up there, right? That kind of does all the job that you would have done back in the back in the 60s, I guess. Yeah, you
2: want to be careful. because when you go up in the towers uh, you you gotta you gotta make sure that uh, that the chairs the wooden back chairs that that has this little dowels you know and it's got uh, glass on the bottom and you get up in the tower and the tower is angle iron it's real real tall you know and these these four steel cables, that, lightning cables, that come from uh, above the little room that you're in. You gotta get right on that chair when the lightning's hitting, and, and it'll... Oh, I see, yeah. It'll wow. run down, and it'll blow out these... Uh, <laughs> these uh, It's uh, what, so many thousand degrees there, if it was to hit you, it'd go, go in your head, or go in your feet and out your head, you know?
1: Yeah. Wow. I've, I've gone up in that fire tower uh, the one at Sterling. And they're a little scary to go up in those fire towers. They're very, uh, you know, especially on a windy day, they're kind of doing this number back and forth, you know. Yeah, I and I guess there was a cabin up there, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, did you ever man that one at Sterling, or did you do like High Rock? or? Um... I, I did High Rocks. I
2: did uh, 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 Look Rock. I did Rich Mountain. Uh, I did. Uh, was it bunker? There's one between Elkmont and uh, the Appalachian Trail, and blanket mountain. Okay. Blanket Mountain fire tower.
1: There's Shuckstack too, which is way over Shook, there. Shuckstack. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, that one's really scary. Oh, yeah. It's so, just perched up on a the top there. There is nothing. Yeah.
2: Well, well the wood is so rotten, you don't want to go up there now. Cause First
1: few steps are even missing, yeah. so you have to kind of <laughs> finagle your way up that thing. And uh, I have well, I was latched onto it the one time I hiked out there and, and went up into it. Taking pictures from it was yeah. – I had to brace myself, you know.
2: When, when it would hit uh, Bunker Hill uh, up there at uh, uh, – my my hair would just about stand up, you know. <laughs> you know, and but I I was safe on that uh, cane back chair, you know. Yeah. I've
0: never even considered lightning hitting those tower ty- the,
1: <clears throat> the whole purpose of you being up there is to watch for lightning yeah. and storms to start a yeah. fire somewhere, right? Yeah,
0: is it Osborne
1: Firefinder.
2: It's it's a brass now it's odd it it, it don't hit the brass for something, but it, the brass is the firefinder it, it it pivots, you know, but it's got a little uh, horse hire you got to have horse hire to to get your sights you know and and so you, you got to plot it to, the map is written under of the whole park there and you just you can plot the lightning strike right here and the lightning strike right there and
1: radio yeah. it in right
2: yep yep and uh, they'll send a bunch of people out a lot of time it'll be you too you know it's uh, yeah uh, we went on on one on Panther Creek and it. And we had to spend the night and lightning hit our sleeping bag. The Forest Service give you these paper sleeping bags and it burned up my sleeping bag while I was in it, you know. And I got out of the way. We had to build up a fire wow. inside of a fire because we didn't have our sleeping bags
1: no more, you know. Grief. <laughs> and so again, that was your first position with the National Park Service. Yeah. And then um how did you transition from doing fire towers into sort of search and rescue and uh, did some of the other more seasoned trackers at the time, like um, J.R. Buchanan, Art Whitehead, Grady Whitehead, yep. kind of start Gr- teaching Grady. you how to do, you know.
2: Grady's good. Uh, at uh, uh, Archie, uh, Archie was in the Battle of the Bulls. he's on the, uh, he's on the uh, monument at, at Blump County Courthouse there, really, and Archie, all of them whiteheads are good. J.R. is the best though. He, if you could get him to quit stuttering, he, by gosh, he's He's been dead for quite a while. author. and and these were the guys that all taught
1: you. Basically, how to do what what they did. They did, and
2: they were good. Not long ago, about seven years ago, they had uh, some children lost. Uh, a boy lost at uh, Clemon's Dome, you know, and uh, it may have been a few years back But this, some of the rangers that uh, with they they is Webb and and uh, I forgot the lady's name already, McNutt, yeah, and then the other uh, and all of them wanted to run down through there. You know, and and they run down through there, and I'm tracking the little boy down into Huggins Creek, and they're bumping up against me and causing trying to get around me, and I I call Kenny, and I says Kenny, there if they get past me, we've lost that boy, because I've got to have them. They don't need to be bumping up against me. They're taking. I says I found down down the river where he came to this uh, this bush and he was at pitch dark. I'm following his footprints and so it's about midnight or something, and he went around this bush and he fell off this waterfall. And he and he hurt his leg because he's he's dragging himself now.
1: This is and, why you were carrying him out in the pictures.
2: Yeah, and and I says you got to get these people off my back because if. Because uh, this boy's dragging himself up up the hill, uh, and we're going to find him up here on this hill on the right, because he's not he's not below where he fell off the waterfall. I, 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 I stopped the people that were behind me, and and I says you need to tell them to get off my back because we're going to lose him if he if if he if if they. Rush past me and mess up everything else, you know. But I says, What we got to do is back up the creek, and we got a lot of people. There's about 20 people. And I says, I says, What they got to do is get about 20 feet apart, and here you go, get back to this six foot distance, you know. Right. And I says, I says, I'm gonna. His tracks, his footprints stopped at the waterfall, and then all of this crawling he crawled up up to the side of the mountain and then he'd crawl down and drink of water and and he'd crawl back up over the several days that he's there and I says you got to convince these people to get up and he got on the he got the superintendent and he says you need to get those folks off of
1: Dwight's back
2: he's going to cause the death of that boy if if he
1: would be on their yeah if they their rush, fault.
2: if they rush around me and and they're all they're all want this big. Blue ribbon uh, park right. headquarters, right? Yeah, such and such found such and such. You know. Yeah,
1: everybody's yeah. wanting the glory and the fame of. And Kenny told them, says, "You all better get a,
2: get off of his back, or I'll come and arrest every damn one of you. <laughs> and I'll and, and and we had uh, Bill Webb, who's a ranger, and then we had two two or three others, and they says, "Yeah, we'll we'll help you." But uh, so they quit running up against. That's the Park Service for you. They all want to be, uh, but but you you don't want to you don't want to be that kind of ranger. You want to be the kind of ranger that that gets your skills up and you and you slowly go along and you you, you uh, determine wh- what's what's what you're looking at and what you're not looking at. And I says I says Kenny, I'm going to have them go back up the creek. On the right side, and get get about ten feet apart. Hold out arms to get it, and I want them to sweep above me. And if they if they want to, I'll blow a whistle, you know, because I'll be down at the waterfall. And I says they're going to find him because he's he's crawling, he's dragging himself every day down to get water and down back to his rock or what. But he hurt his leg. He he fell off that waterfall, you know, or he injured his knee or something like that. And Kenny did. Kenny got in the radio and he says, you all people are on the search. You need to back up the creek and do what Dwight tells you.
1: Or I'll, I'll take you to headquarters and fire all every damn one of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, was it always like that with the Park Service as far as like everybody wants 60s, to be, 70s, 80s? You kind of encountered that where people were, you know. Everybody wants
2: to be a hero. But they don't have I don't the blame skills. Them. That's a, that, one of those pictures is Pat Patton. Pat is just a very nice fella. He's, uh, I think his wife died while we were finding that boy. Pat, uh, Pat is hmm. a handsome. He looks like Fabio, sort of, in one of those <laughs> days. But uh, but that was awful. His wife taught school at uh, at uh, Bryson City, and she's awful young to die. But but I killed Pat, cause we was in there searching for that boy, and then his wife died. You know there. Man, but we, we carried him out, we did. Uh, the story is not over with, though. Uh, I didn't object to them carrying him out quick, because in that picture you see a lot of young people and you see a lot of heavyweight people and everything. And I said, sure, uh, tell, call them and tell them you're, uh, Dwight's old, he can't run like you can. But he's bringing the... And and two, he got to, the boy got to speak to his mother, and she, and she, uh, they held up the microphone, the squelch, you know, and and he talked to his mom. He cried, you know, there. And uh, it, he sends me uh, Christmas cards every, every Really, still day. does. I was going to ask you if you still keep yeah, in, keep from, in touch. From Florida, they live in uh, somewhere in Florida down there. That, uh, but there there's a. Dr. Malone uh, was with the RAM. R- Rural area? Metro? Yeah, r- remote area. Medical? Medical, RAM. Uh, they got this old uh, DC-3 that they go to Kentucky and, uh, and all these doctors line up in this uh, old DC-3 and it's a tail dragger, you know, and uh, and he he's flying over Ober Gatlinburg to check the snow conditions, you know, and he flew into this snowstorm and uh, he called the uh, airport and says, do you see me on radar? And they says, yeah, could you uh, could you direct me straight to the airport? And the airport says, are you, ar- are you aware of the terrain limitations when we do that? What they should have said is, when we turn you to the airport, there's going to be a mountain in front of you. They didn't say that. They just said, are you aware of the terrain limitations when we do it? Yeah, Dr. Malone said. Well, he's- so here, here he is. He flew into this cloud right above park headquarters right, right above laurel falls and uh, and it just went snow and clouds and everything and and so he turned right into to this mountain that were there used to be a fire tower out there uh, uh, looking right down on wares valley you know i can't think of the name of it but he he turned right towards it and he flew over The Laurel Falls and and when you get when you got a big twin engine uh, you you got one engine up in the air the one that's pulling that's keeping you flying is the one that's on your right you know Mm -hmm. If if you're flying level both of them are pulling but 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 if you if you're pitching to the right you're losing lift in this one over here and and they were a whole bunch of people at Laurel Falls Doctor Malone powered up, you know, and he started seeing the trees and everything, and he and he went into a huge circle of I don't know twenty or thirty mile there, uh, and and it's all clouds, you know, and he's trying to trying to head towards the airport, and he swung all the way around on a twelve mile loop, and he and he's coming right back over. Laurel Falls and and he uh, he started encountering uh, limbs you know and uh, and he he tried to power up and he did mm-hmm. for a while and it is eaten up the energy uh, in his uh, right engine or something like that. and he he plowed a ditch with the right engine <laughs> at full speed and the left engine is not doing much it's not getting any lift and he crashed and burnt and the rescue squad went in there and they got him out you know but the searchers they couldn't find the right propeller and the right gearbox and the right spinner cone and and the uh, family was had lycoming engine Hartzell Hartzell propellers, and and uh, Beechcraft Corporation sued for six point nine billion because they claimed that they they interviewed all them people that was at Laurel Falls and they says, did it sound like the left propeller flew off when, when Doctor Malone flew over over y'all? Yeah, yeah, it did, you know. And so all the searchers, they searched for like three to four months, and they they offered me minimum wage if I'd go search, you know. And I said, No, y'all go go ahead and search. They they searched like 12 and 14, and 30 miles yeah. <laughs> around, and they they ain't found him yet. Well, they fa- we we found the plane, but uh, the right uh, the right spinner cone and propeller and gearbox was missing the engine was still on the right wing and the left left wing the prote- propeller still with it you know and they scratching and they searched and they said it's got to be along that 12 mile because we interviewed these people at laurel falls and uh and they couldn't find it they searched for six months and paid people minimum wage and paid my preacher minimum jeff wadley he's a He's uh, the Methodist minister at the uh, up near the state line of Virginia, where the young Methodists go to swim and <laughs> yeah. paddle and everything. <laughs> and, you
1: did a book with him as well, Mayday, Mayday, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they couldn't find it, and they they kept paying them people minimum wage, and and they were going to have to pay six point nine billion. And and I, I I know Dr. Malone's family, and I didn't want to interfere with with theirs, you know. Well, the the propellers propellers and the the different people that are getting sued. They come to Park Headquarters, and they send them to Kenny, and they says, Do you know of anybody that can find something in the woods? Yeah, I do I can find stuff, <laughs> and I'm retired, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, where is he? We'll pay him minimum wage. Well, you done tried to pay him minimum wage already, and he ain't going to take minimum wage, you know. There. And they, they called me, uh, uh, Kenny called me, and he says, Dwight, you need to come over to these insurance company. There. Mm-hmm. They want you to look for that propeller. And I says, okay. Uh, I says, how come they can't find it? Well, they've been searching for it for six to ten months or something, and they can't find it. They found the plane, <laughs> and and c- can you find it? Well, I might. I'm not sure. And uh, so I got my preacher from the Methodist camp up there, you know, in Virginia, and uh, I said, Jeff, you're gonna come with me, ain't you? And yep, yep. And uh, and. We went up to where the wreckage of the plane was there, and, uh, and no right propeller and no gearbox, you know. And, and Jeff says, "Right, we're gonna walk up 12 mile? No, 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 no. I says, we're gonna, we're gonna go back against the grain for Dr. Malone's coming, and we're, we're gonna look for the spinner cone. We're not gonna look on the ground we're going to look at every tree that, that when he started turning and coming through those trees, we're looking for the spinner cone. Because if he embeds at a, at 300 mile an hour or whatever, the spinner cone's going to embed into the into the tree. If we find the spinner cone, we found the propeller. How do you how do you believe that? I says you just watch, and so. <laughs> So we we were there maybe five hours, and we're uh, Jeff wants to look at the ground, you know, but because the right engine was was turning with all this power, and it was making a ditch uh, up through there and slinging dirt and everything, but I was look I wasn't looking at the ditch I was looking up at the oak trees, and I says, Jeff, there's that spinner cone. fifty feet up in that tree. I says. I'll pay you a hundred and fifty dollars if you climb that. He's younger than me. I said, if you if you'll go up there and get that spinner cone. yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I says, uh, and I brought a steel rod with me, there, a little thin steel rod. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says we're going to go on past the plane. No, I said, we're going to follow this ditch that this motor was plowing at full full throttle and and we're gonna put this steel rod into that mud and and about 100 yards probably before we come to the crash, the rod went down and ping, 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 ping. And I, I pulled the rod up and measured it and it's uh, eight feet, the pinging is eight feet underneath the earth. And I said, Jeff, I'll give you another $150 if you'll dig up that propeller and gearbox that's buried (laughs) in the (laughs) ground that's that's buried and jeffy he's young he's shoveling you know and and so uh and i said i'll pay you another 150 if you'll uh, call the insurance company in in manhattan and scrape off all the mud and get the serial number Mm -hmm. off of the gearbox and that's what they want and and uh whatever they pay me they paid me six hundred and ninety dollars there. I says I'll give you half of it, you know. And sure enough, we dug up this, uh, this the uh, and them things are heavy. The dang propeller and everything else, you know. Right. And yeah. we we drug it out to the woods, you know. And and Kenny says I knew you'd find that dang thing. <laughs> mm. And it, it's it's heavy, so we we had a pole, you know, we was carrying it, and we. Between Talk, the two of you? Yeah, we talked to these high school kids helping bury I said, I'll give you fifty, fifteen dollars if you'll help us carry this
1: propeller out. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Didn't take too long to find it then, though, did it? Right. They're looking for it for, what, six, eight, ten months? and They were looking for a long time. If if find it in a few hours. You yeah, if
2: you'll review yeah. Dr. Malone's aircraft crash in the Great Smokies, it'll be in the, I can't remember what the date was, you know.
0: But, is that, uh, is that one of those planes that you can visit, you know, you can well the, to or find? Well, the plane, and...
2: the plane's not there anymore. Oh, they okay. they lifted it out. Oh, okay. But, but you can, you can go to the site. If you go up uh, Laurel Falls Trail, uh, going to Laurel Falls about halfway, you, you get to where all these people are stopping and there's a creek flowing underneath. It's the only one, if you walk up that creek uh, and it's a little overgrown, but you'll, Red right on your right is a little plateau, and if you go up there, that's where the remnants of the plane is. That's where it happened. And
1: you, like I said, you all have a book on the airplane crashes. Yep. Not just in the Smokies, but also in the, I think the one over there is listed off of like the Blue Ridge. I know of one off Browning Knob. Yep. And I think that was in the early 80s. That one crashed over there. Yep. I'd, and that fuselage is still there. You yep. can still hike to that one. I've been to that one before.
2: Yeah, they dang bears move in them, you know. There, there's one It's uh, a nice
1: little home, right?
2: Yeah, there's one at the uh, Cosby Campground.
1: Does that take you up to sort of like the AT up there? Is that where that plane crash is? The F-4 Phantom plane crash, which was the fighter jet, right? Yeah. It, yeah,
2: That's now it's back down the, the trail. Pretty good ways. Yeah, it's, it's maybe 300 yards back down if you go to the AT, you know. But uh, you got to take your boat horn with you to get them out of the one on. I can't think of the name of that creek that comes up there, Little Creek or something. But but they, you go to where that, where that plane is, and them bears come out and, <laughs> and
0: <laughs> shuffling about.
2: Yeah, yeah, you got to. Uh, At best, uh, them little bitty horns that.
0: You get the, the, the big one. It yeah. scares, scares
2: them off, and then... You, you can, need a big horn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't... Uh, can't. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a mess, I tell you.
1: Yeah. Do you have any more questions about uh, the Philip uh, Romaine when you were talking about the uh, yeah. sounds that yeah. he yes. had? Philip oh, oh
2: you were wanting to know about the other one, wasn't you? The... Yeah,
1: Susan Clements, yeah. Yeah. when she disappeared, uh, which, uh, like you said, was in the same area. Yeah. Huggins she, drainage. She... Uh, uh, what happened there
2: is uh, you you come from Andrews Ball, and 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 you come and you can sort of hear the people at the parking lots up there, you know. Very close, yeah. And and uh, and she she had a a choice. She could have did that shortcut right up to her her car's parked, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 but she chose to go on to the Appalachian Trail. Where the bypass it, trail, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and she she came, to, she came to that sign that said, uh, what's the, the double spring shelter? The word shelter. I, I told Kenny, I says, the, the word on this wooden sign is what, and, and she was within a mile of the tower when she comes to this sign, yeah. And, and it's like it's going to Andrew's Ball, you know. And I said, Kenny, if she reads that sign, she's from Ohio. The word shelter to her means uh, if she's in Cincinnati or a big town in Ohio, she's going to search for a shelter, a, an official state shelter inside the the community, you know. And she she followed that arrow and then again went down into Huggins Creek there. When you
1: go down into the Huggins Creek drainage, does it look like there's a trail starting from the main AT trail up there? Is, is it easy to, to it, sort it, of think that that could possibly be another way that
2: you... Well, there's no water breaks. Uh, the key to them people getting lost is, is as you're walking the Appalachian Trail from the fire tower, the dome tower and you're walking towards uh double springs there's no water breaks on the right all of the water breaks are they're they're cut out you know when you go down that hill the park should i I keep telling them to block off those areas it's it's little dirt paths that are wore off wore off you know and uh, and they 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 don't barricade them they are to uh they already to put signs. Don't don't go down this trail. But at the very least, a sign, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah, bet. The all of them people that get lost wind up down on Huggins Creek on account of them water breaks there.
1: In uh, '76, <laughs> Trini Gibson she disappeared from the same trail coming back from Andrews. Right. Yep. So I mean, and I guess no nothing was ever found of her, right? I bet she's on Huggins Creek. If. You've got two people that you know of for certain, and possibly more. I'm not sure if you had any other people go down that same drainage, no, but Trini,
2: uh, Trini was lost, and and uh, they had me searching down Salola Creek, and I told them she ain't in Salola Creek. You know, well we want you to go down Salola Creek, and I said, we're going to hurt some people going down Salola Creek. Uh, Salola in, in in Cherokee is. Squirrel, Squirrel Creek, you know, and uh, it's it's back. It's it, if you drive from the dome parking lot back towards uh, Newfound Gap, you you'll come to where the old uh, water pump. There's a there's a steel gate and it and the little road that just goes straight straight down. Little and, gravel road, right? Yeah, and you, you go down there, and there there was a hy- r- hydraulic ram. That uh, uh, I think back then it was still in operation. It wasn't uh, electrical or anything. It wasn't pumping, pumping you know, from somewhere else you know. Uh, but uh, but I told him I said I've been down Salola Creek and it ain't nice you know. And and we had a a whole bunch of rescue squad and down Salola right below the hydraulic ram, uh, it takes in like ten. Twenty gallon of water to pump two gallon of water up to the, uh, up to the, uh, where the uh, the little building is as you're going up to the tower, you know. Yeah. It used to be a store there, I think, you know. Really? Oh. Yeah. And uh, and I said, I said, this ain't a good idea. Uh, and we go down through there, and, the, and these big boulders, huge boulders that are eight, ten feet tall, and they're... It's like a bunch of marbles, you know, and there's brush, and the rescue squad, the first thing they did was fall through the, that brush that came where these two big, big round rocks are, you know. Or, well, there's a whole bunch of round rocks there. And and we had to, the guy broke his leg. We had to get him out. And I, I called him. I said, I'm not going down Salola Creek. You can forget it. We gotta carry this guy out and take him to the hospital. We broke his leg. (laughs) There's no, there's no way she would have gone down there. Yeah, Yeah. uh, I I says, she may be down there, but I doubt it. You know. Now the dogs all said that she came up from uh, from. uh, It's it's something 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 bushies out there. There's a bunch of laurel and rhododendron and I can't think of the name Man. of it. I was done talking about it while ago, you know. I
1: <laughs> They think she came back up Forney Creek or Forney Ridge Trail, excuse me, and then came back through the parking lot and just went down the road possibly or went up she, to the tower? Or...
2: She did the same thing that that lady did. She went like, the bypass trail back up to... Yep. And uh, and she came to that that sign and the dog says that that she turned and went Right past the uh, fire tower or the uh, observation tower, and the, and the dogs' tails were up; they're uh, alerting, you know. And uh, and J.R. Uh, it wasn't J. Uh, it might have been JR was with the me and him was with the dog handlers, you know. And I can't think of a out in North Carolina or somewhere, and uh, and they we we took them three times. They they said the same thing. They come up to to that sign that says uh, shelter, uh, and they turned back towards the the dogs did went right past the tower, and their tails were up. When their when their tails are up, they're on a hot scent, you know. There, when it's down between their legs, they've lost it, you know. And I can't think of the name of that big gap, you know. It's about two mile back towards uh, the. Uh, Mount for,
1: Collins shelter i think gets yep.
2: pretty close and uh and the dogs uh their their tails were alerted and they went right to the middle of the road and the and their tail went between their legs and all three of them did three different times three different dogs three different handlers same thing and and they said that she got a ride she got picked up or she might have got hit by a car, and then. But if she'd been hit by a car, that tells me that that uh, that they had enough scent that they felt comfortable, you know. Uh, but there was there was the early search, and then there was a second search that Jimmy Carter made us go back. Is about five or six years later, we had to go back and search the same dang place, go down to Salola Fork, you know. And I told him I'm not going down Slola for Fork. You can forget it. And somebody else's somebody else's turn going down Solola Fork. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they never found anything. Nothing was ever found of.
2: The dog says that she got in the car and left.
1: Nothing to find. Oh, that was that. She wasn't there. Mm-hmm.
2: Now there was another search. Uh, uh, I, I call it the rabbit search. Uh, rabbit uh rabbit is one of our maintenance persons. We call him rabbit, you know. And uh and uh they uh let's see if I can this young boy he I think he was twelve and uh and somehow he got he got mixed up on that same bunch of turns, you know. And uh and JR and all of us were were there uh, with the dog team and every and the dog, the dog followed this young man down, uh, uh, and I was right, I was right behind the dog with the dog handler, you know, and uh, and we got, we were within a half a mile or maybe a mile of where that gap uh, that that you mentioned. Uh, Towards some, Mount p- Collins. Yeah, Mount Collins there? Gap, uh, and and I see where. Or the the tracks led off on the left, on a ridge, you know. And and JR says, by gosh, he stuttered a little bit, he said, we'll flag it, you know, and come back in the morning. And, well, we came back in the morning with different dogs, I think, or may have been the same dogs. We got down there and and here's uh, Judy Tucker, Dwayne Allier's girlfriend, one of our girl rangers. She's pretty, you know, but she ain't much of a tracker, you know. And here, here's Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne says uh, we're we're gonna let Rabbit go with the the maintain uh, with the rangers back down towards uh, Double Springs, you know. And I says the maintenance. I got twenty maintenance. They ain't gonna go along with that. They're going to raise hell. And they said, no, no, we're sending And Judy's going to take the dogs down there. I said, well, it was me that flagged the spot. Why why are you sending your girlfriend down? (laughs) I was the one that flagged it yesterday. Well, well, Dwight, we're training Judy. I said, I know what you're training Judy for, you know. (laughs) You rascal, you... (laughs) And so, so, so I had the maintenance, you know, and the maintenance were just raising holy hell. And Dwayne finally went and got Rabbit back from the ranger group. There's about 20 of them. And, and brought Rabbit back, and then the maintenance were happy then. We went down to Mount Collins because we couldn't go down Judy's trail because that was her trail now. I, not that she found it, but I found it. I found the track for her. But our job was to go down to Mount Collins and and go down into the head of Rough Creek, you know. And so uh, so we had Rabbit, and we had Willie Long Husky. Willie Long is about, oh, I don't know, not, he's, he's tall, he ain't a bit of fat on him, you know. And the first thing he did was fall and bust his lip on one of them boulders, you know, going down. And then Rabbit, or, it wasn't Rabbit, it was the, Mowing machine operator, I can't think of him. He fell. It seemed like we fell all the way down them <laughs> rocks, you know. <laughs> and we got down to Rough Creek, and uh, and uh, Judy's on the radio, and she says, uh, she says, uh, Dwight, where, where you at? And I says, I'm over here below Collins Creek. We're heading down to Rough Creek. Uh, we found him. He was laying in the creek. He's a 12-year-old. He's he diabetic. He didn't have his... Back then, you had to pee on a strip, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had... Uh, both of us had... Uh, well, Judy didn't have the pee on the strip thing, you know. I said, well, you got to get him to pee on the strip. And she says, I ain't got one of them. And I said, well, have him pee anyway or something. <laughs> 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 and so... so, so so now, now we're down in the rough creek, and it's sort of flat, and it's grown up. And she says, Dwayne uh, says, uh, Judy, what is your location? We will bring the helicopter. And uh, she says, I don't have any idea where I'm at. But you found the boy. Yes. He was in the river. Well, for God's sake, get him out of the river, you know. And he was hypothermic. He his he, sugar levels were just going down something terrible, you know, and and she, she says, I still don't know where I'm at. Call Dwight, Dwight will know where you're at. And she says, Dwight, this is Judy. Could you tell me where I'm at? We found the boy, but he's in. I says, for God's sake, get him out of the creek, you know, get him dry, build a fire, do something. He's gonna, he's gonna go into shock. Well, you need to tell me where I'm at, you know. And I says, I says, okay, get your gun out, you know. Now, don't shoot nobody, and don't shoot the the individual. <laughs> <laughs> I, says, I says, point it up, a, up a big pine tree or oak, and 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 shoot, and then count to ten, and then shoot again, and then count to ten and shoot again, and and I'll cut my ears, and I'll. Turn in the direction. Now, empty your gun. Just wait about ever. What did I say? Ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Or, and uh, and shoot until the, your last bullet is up. Now, don't shoot nobody. You know. And and so, okay. I I cut my ears, and the echo uh, the strongest is right right across this one creek, and another creek. And I said we'll be there in about an hour and a half. There, and you just stay get him uh, and and we had uh, boob Buford price he's a hero and and we ran over there to where the boy was and his core temperature was down to just I says Buford we're, we're gonna they're going to drop us they, they can't land in the helicopter but they're going to drop us a bunch of blankets and litters and 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 I said I know this is going to sound odd but we want you to get inside, hold them sleeping bags and we'll put him right next to you. And you need to get his core temperature back. I'm skin and bones. I couldn't heat up a hamburger if I wanted to. And <laughs> Buford saved that boy's life. Buford, we called him Boob, you know. But <laughs> Buf- Buford, and Buford saved his life. I got a, I told him, I said, y'all need to honor Buford. He, uh, and and we put that little boy, that boy in with Buford, and he started waking up, you know, and he looked, and here's this big hairy man, you know, he's hugging him, you know. And I said, son, this is Buford Price. He's, Price is his name. I said, he's got three children that are grown of his own, you know, and I said, don't be scared, Buford. Buford's taking good care of you. And old, old Buford saved his life, he mm. did. They already Mm. give Buford a plaque or something at the courthouse. They give Dolly all kinds of plaques, you know. But uh, of course,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Boob ain't got the same. And you were you were talking about sounds and stuff, and that people, and that's why they start hiding a lot. And then I read an interview, quoted you, but they said that you told Philip Roman that there were mice. He said he heard rustling by his. Head, and then deer snorts, and it was scaring him, and you didn't want him to live with that. That's right. Are there any other like yeah, weird the, sounds you could hear at night? That yeah, you- the little deer mice. They
2: the, the Philip would Philip would be sleeping in the dry leaves, you know, and he he yeah. his, his mouse would be in his ear, you
1: know, <laughs> poor old feller.
0: Terrifying. <laughs> Pitch black.
1: <laughs> that would scare me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have ate that mouse or something. You know. <laughs> uh, Philip couldn't hold down a, a, a meal, and uh, and I cut the top off of a Coca Cola can and and I, I got my little survey uh, backcountry stove, you know, and I heated up uh, I heated up something, some liquid, and it might have been soup or something. But he didn't throw up. He he ate every bit of it, you know. But I, I boiled it in a Coke can that was uh, that was there. Hmm. And he's alive today. He's, uh, uh, it's it, uh, go figure, that uh, they, uh, but why all them people go down Huggins, you
1: know, is, they are, the park, or they have enough money to put up a sign. One of the bigger and cases it, they talk about in the Missing 411 is the Dennis Martin case. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. which really was it's like crazy. one of the bigger disappearances that people will talk about. And I guess there was a lot of changes made to search and rescue after that one, because originally the idea was to put a lot of people up there, uh, whatever the person, but of course then you could lose, you know, well, sign, right? Well, the park, uh,
2: the park were hauling people up boat mountain road in this five ton stake track. And we come around this one being, there's, if you go to Boat Mountain, you, you haven't you haven't come up to Anthony Creek Trail yet. You know, <laughs> the uh, you're way back. You're about a mile, mile half down. There's one dip in the ridge, and I told uh, Arthur and Jr. I says I smell something dead off in on West Prong, and and uh, they called. Uh, the searchers or the people in charge up at Spence Field, they says, we, we're smelling something dead. Dwight's going down the West Prong. Oh, he don't have to go down there, that's a dead crow. We found it the other day. I says, that ain't no damn dead crow. I says, "I says, you get back out of the mountains and if you fi- happen to find a dead crow, and go, go over and smell of it, it, it don't stink, you know. But a man stinks. Mm-hmm. I says, that boy is down West Prong. No, you're, you're supposed to come up here at Spence, and we'll show you where to go. And and we didn't have uh, Kenny Slay as a ranger back then. You know, that was in the 60s. If Kenny had been there, he'd have cussed everybody out and said, I can go wherever he wants to, you know. But I bet I bet that boy is down on West Prong. there has to be
1: you think somebody grabbed him that they were being watched or something they were up there for a few days they camped at russell field first and then they went up to spence well he he
2: was coming back down boat mountain and and he he went past uh uh that one coming from uh i just said the name of it and i forgot anthony creek anthony yeah uh he he went past it by a mile the boy did and and he uh for some reason, he decided to go down into West Prong. And, and me and Arthur and Grady and Jr. we went down there whether they liked it or not. But that smell, you could move to, uh, a human smell is the worst smell you can have in the woods, you know. And I said, that is not a damn crow, crows don't stink, really. uh, but, but they kept. Jumping on us, and they made us go up to Spencefield and go down
1: Eagle Creek. So you think uh, when he got out of sight of his father that he just he, he was kept going on his own and well he
2: he came around that bend and he was hearing something down on West Prong. or or he he for some reason he went down that way
1: I'm not sure why but uh, which is a pretty good ways away from Spencefield it is. Yep. Especially for a little six-year-old boy. I believe that's where
2: he's at. If if there's any left, but that's the thing, the shoes will rotten back, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. It, it uh, uh, But uh, Grady and all of them says, well, we think Dwight's right. There, there's That ain't a dead crow.
1: What was that about the Keys family from Carthage, Tennessee, when they thought that they heard a scream near Cades Cove? Yep. I think they had talked to a ranger and he told them to go to Rowan's Creek and that's where they heard and saw some sort of unkempt man who was yep. standing up on the mountainside and, and they thought that he had something thrown over his shoulder. Do you think that could have well been in any way part of Dennis's disappearance or was he just one of those random wild men that I've seen you talk about in interviews before? people that possibly lived still back in the backcountry of the park. We were talking about the wild men yes just before we left yes and I was just wondering if you had any more information on that because I'd seen some interviews where you were talking about the wild men uh, people that perhaps never left the backcountry deep woods that were living there prior to it becoming a national park just using the Great Smoky Mountains National Park as an example did you ever see any signs of people living up in the national park, out mm. in deep in the woods out there? When you were backcountry rangering, did you ever see any? Um, did who, you ever see any people that did? were you know that you could have thought maybe these people aren't just hiking, maybe these people aren't just camping, maybe they're actually living out here?
2: Who did we call the the wild man? All the rangers called this one guy the wild man. Who was There was it? a guy in Catalucci, I
1: think. Yeah. But yeah. were there could there have been others, I guess, right? That it, lived out in the in the park.
2: Yeah, that's uh, uh you're right. If you if you come into Catalucci uh, coming uh, it's a short distance from Interstate 40, you just turn off and then you climb through the Catal uh, what is Catalucci Gap, I think it is. And I used to know that guy's name. I was a ranger at Catalucci for several years. Arlie Phillips. Arlie
1: Phillips. He just lived out there?
2: Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd come over, uh, I'd go out, uh, to get something, uh, in Maggie Valley or something, get, to eat, you know, and I'd come back and if there's snow on the ground coming through the gap there, you could see, uh, the park service, uh, their, their right way or their property goes all the way right up to, to near where Arlie, Arlie's house is, the family, uh both the boys were a little slow you know and and uh, the parents raised them in that uh, uh in that uh, house you know and and uh, both the parents eventually died and Arlie and his brother were there by themselves cell- and they burnt the house down the first night they they <laughs> they let the <laughs> they let the wood stove catch on fire at the Second floor and it fell down into the basement and and so poof poof yeah. and there's Arlie and his brother you know and and uh, he they didn't get much clothes you know they didn't have have time you know and uh, and so uh I can't remember if I was the ranger when it burnt down or not uh, but I would I would see his tracks a lot Arlie. And he would, he would hide behind a tree when, if I was on a trail, you know, and I'd see Arlie's tracks, you know. Uh, he, he'd go over and get bred right up against the tree, and i said, hey, hey, Arlie. Hmm, well, how you doing? Hmm, okay. And I said, you, you, you doing okay? Yep, 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 yep. And, and I says, well, be careful, be careful. And, and he would patrol Cataloochee at night. He'd, he'd look through every garbage can, and he'd get all these plastic spoons, and, and they had Kentucky chicken on it, you know, and everything. And every pocket that Arlie had, he had... Stuffed uh, full of... Spoons and forks and... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> very, very sanitary. <laughs> and I, I don't know who he... Uh, the people of maggie valley brought him all kinds of clothes when i was there they they'd come up to to the gap there and maybe a half a mile down there's a there's a little flat area and they'd pile up clothes and food for Arlie and uh, and the, and his brother and and i don't know i think they built they built eventually built built him another house, you know, or or he's renting or something, you know, there. But but he patrolled at night, and and the worst part of that job over there is uh, these horse people uh, up up at the upper end, you know, Arlie would go and steal their milk out of the cooler.
1: I think well, I read that.
2: Well, he wouldn't steal it. He just. Borrow it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
2: uh, and, There's a horse
1: camp in yeah, Lucci, uh, Yeah, and he would. Yeah.
2: And they, uh, the horse people, jumped him one night, and he whipped about every one of them. He was a feral. <laughs> he was <laughs> a wild man. <laughs> he whipped all of their asses, you know. <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> and he had uh, reverted to the wild yeah. a long time ago.
2: <laughs> and uh, he, he'd grunt more than anything. He'd go. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd asked him. Questions. He liked to hang out over on the Twelve Mile Strip too. Uh, you you go down the lower end of catalucci and and across that uh, metal bridge. It's a historic bridge, sort of, and then you go up to where the Twelve Mile Strip, the hunters and and I think Arlie would steal their food. They <laughs> they drive that. It's twelve miles to the Interstate Forty, <clears throat> and he he would uh, he would go there and and the, the raccoon dogs, r- raccoon dogs, and bear dogs and everything and and hardly liked dogs there. He did, but he'd walk all the way from. But I have no idea where he moved to after the house burnt down. But uh,
1: was he the only uh, yeah. wild man that you knew of that for sure lived in the Smoky Mountains, or in this area? Or could there have been other people back up in there? Well, that,
2: uh, uh we were talking about the Martin boy on, uh, yeah. on, the, on that branch, that one branch before you get to the exit of Cage Cove, you know, Loop Road. Uh, he, uh, he, he, he's sort of a wild man, according to the family that, in Carthage, Tennessee, you know, they, they, uh, uh, the FBI, when, when, when we talked to him, uh, the, the boy was last seen at, uh, at a certain time, I can't remember what, at Spence Field, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, as the crow flies, it's five mile just through the air to that creek there. Rowan Creek, I believe. Rowan Creek. And they, they told me that I was crazy, you know, that, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh Uh, he wouldn't have been able to carry that boy that far, you know. And I said, that's crazy. I ran the Appalachian Trail through the park uh, in uh, 13 hours. I know if I can run 78 miles from the Montana Dam to come out at Interstate 40. Bob Grant picked me up, and he had a big dope for me. I said, Bob, get me a big diet right. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's the superintendent of Acadia now. Acadia oh, okay. National Park. Uh, go figure, that's the only ones out The That guy at Rowan's Creek, uh, something's odd about that, you know. But he, now he had to know where he was at to... Exactly, yeah. Because, uh, if you go to Russellfield, and and if he'd come from Spencefield over to Russellfield and come down, uh, you you get halfway down Russellfield Ridge, uh, and there's a big gap there, and, and there's an old uh, uh, old kettle road that goes down, that cuts off uh, probably a mile and a half, and comes out right at where. That family from Carthage were playing, uh, so this whoever this wild man was that that they, but the but the wild man got in a white van there. The Carthage people said when they drove up that uh, that they went past the white van. It's an old dirty white van, and the kids wanted to play in the creek, and they did. They got two boys and a girl, or two girls and a boy, you know. And, and, uh, and after a certain period of time, they, I think the Carthage family, the father said that he heard a kid scream, and the father ran up the creek from where the kids, and he told the wife, uh, gather up the kids and put them in the car, you know, because we heard this little boy, or this kid scream, and and he's on one side of the creek and he sees on the other side this s- silhouette of this man you know he didn't see the kid but but by the time he could g- get across the creek and and try to get uh, the the guy got in the white van and fled out the uh, and the wife said that, she, that he nearly ran over their car fleeing in the, in the, hmm. I think she was parked down the road with the kids, you know.
1: Well, guy. I've never read that anywhere. I didn't know about that.
2: That, that, they interviewed that family from Carthage. Now the, the park, I don't know if they believe that guy or not, you know, but, but this is the odd thing. I think he told him, uh, or maybe I interviewed him and, or I talked to him, Maybe. He was a a marine. The father was. He was a he was a marine corps. I guess during the during the war, or maybe a Korean. I bet the Korean War or something. And and he didn't take no shit off anybody, you know. And I, I asked him, I says, uh, I says, is that the only contact that you had with that one individual? No when we get when we went back to carthage we started getting now, now back then in 69 you had pay phones everywhere and the carthage family the phone book is in the at carthage is in the these booths you mm-hmm. know and you and he looked at, the park made the mistake of putting the carthage family's name in the local newspaper that's a no-no, you know. And some somehow it was picked up in, in Carthage, too, and it was in that newspaper, the uh, wild man. And, and the, I think the father told me, and I may be wrong, that he started receiving calls from a stranger, you know. And and what, what the guy would say was, you better keep your mouth shut if you know what's good for you there. And that guy's a Marine. He says, oh, boy, you come around to my family. I'll take care of you. And yeah. he quit calling him then. Well, I've never heard that. Uh, that's uh, an incentive to go get that book. At you, I think Michael Bouchard, that's where I'm getting that. I think Michael oh, okay. interviewed the Carthage family. And Michael being a... a, 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 a he. Uh, I forgot the name of the state now. <laughs> Connect, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was he was uh, uh, He had solved over 45 uh, murder cases, or Michael had. He,
1: he, he's a detective. you said. Yep.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, he's a very nice fellow. I'd meet him at the Foothills Parkway. You know, that's who I think I got the information from. But from Michael, his interview. Michael went and. Oh. And if that guy would bring my book back, it, I ain't, <laughs> ain't going to talk to you, uh, uh, Channel 10, no more.
1: <laughs> they, they ain't worth a damn, you know. <laughs> I may uh, send him some emails for you and see yeah. if I can. So I just talked with Dwight, and he wants his book back. I want
2: my book back. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want me to talk about the Martin boy, you'd better send my book back. <laughs> there. Probably the simplest way is call Michael Bouchard. I got his phone number somewhere and have him send me another one, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do it for you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, yeah. yeah. look up Michael Bouchard, uh, Connecticut there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you wanna do? can we do one more? Do you want to talk about the the last one on the list here? Oh, I just had a question about the moon-eyed people.
1: What your theories were on the moon-eyes down there. They've got that wall that's... Uh, the you moon- know at Fort Mountain, uh, I think I Ooh. talked to you about it one time and you said you thought it was Prince Madic, the Welsh explorer, was your theory as to who the moon eyes were because they were here before the Cherokee's came Mo- into the Modoc, area. Modoc. Prince Modoc. Ah, Modoc, okay. M O D O C. Was
2: that who you thought it was, the uh, the moon eyes? I have all the uh, uh all the uh, drawings and the photographs of the of the uh, uh, of the map that they had there they they chiseled it out on solid rock there and uh okay and and the uh, the cherokee didn't get along with them they uh, fought
1: regular battles and eventually yeah, drove them out right
2: yeah they uh uh the cherokee said that they were they were good in battle at night on account of they could see bright they could see better at night than the cherokees could and the Cherokees run them, run them off, and they went, uh, they went to Murphy, North Carolina. Uh, their next, uh, uh, there, there's a fort there, uh, on the quad quadrangle. If you, if you go to Murphy and ask the, ask the people, uh, something, something mountain, uh, and. And then the Cherokees run them away from there, and run them to the next one. At uh, you go 411 Highway, and you come to the G- Georgia state line, and you go about five mile into Georgia, and and there's a there's another fort, Prince Modoc uh, uh, built there. Uh, it's bigger than the than the one they had at uh, uh, below uh, uh, Turkey, mm. or below Bryson City, there. Mm. But I, I got all the, uh, I got all the drawings and the maps of, uh, of the, uh, and what the different symbols there's uh, the European or the, the symbols for the welts were, were like tick marks, you know, there, and 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 some would be up, and then they'd be different uh, different symbols, you know, that, that all those rocks are got. All of it on there, go figure why they stopped right there, but they call that uh that branch they 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 got a they got a different name but if you if you look at it i can't think of welsh branch it it wasn't the park don't spell it w e l s h but the the welsh spelled it w e l c h welch welsh. Mm. and uh, and so they they made it as far. Modoc never did come back and get them, you know. He just dumped them off in Alabama, and and they fled into the Smokies and got into fights with the Cherokee.
1: <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> roughly, what time period was this? Twelve hundreds, eleven hundreds? Is that kind of what they were uh, theorizing? Uh, I guess that
2: eleven seventy or something like that. Uh, they landed in uh, Mobile. Uh, Worked their way up, yeah, and but Modoc
1: never did come and bring them back, you know. Have you ever seen any other weird um, walls, stone carvings in the Smoky Mountains when you've been out in the woods? Have you ever seen anything like that yourself? There, there's so supposed to
2: be another fort uh, beyond where where uh, Georgia, you know, you, on four eleven, uh, it's it's ret- right on the state line of alabama and and georgia and a friend of mine is a banker there and he he says there's a fort there that uh, that is in a series of forts that the welch had you know if huh. you if you get a chance to drive to the state line of georgia
1: i wish i could remember the name it you is that fort mountain fort mountain that's the name of it i've been there to to that one twice yeah it's, yeah, it's very a, weird looking up there
2: it's like rock formations
1: yeah know. yeah it's it, like a 900 foot long wall yeah it's very weird
2: <laughs> but the one that murphy too is a good one it's a i didn't
1: uh, know there was one in murphy so i'll yeah, have to go there and check that one out it's,
2: it's called fort mountain too there. okay yeah it's a at the Murphy, Murphy. They don't advertise a lot of their stuff. I don't think they could care less. You know they don't want anybody
1: coming
0: down there. Right? <laughs> can I? Can I ask one more real quick question? Last question. Yes, for sure. You both spend a lot of times, a lot of time in the woods, way more than me. You've had an experience that you've told me about where you were walking. Oh right, yeah. I'm
1: surprised we didn't put that in our notes. Yeah. I was hiking by myself one time, I hike alone most times, and there was one instance where I was hiking along and everything got very, very quiet all of a sudden. It was like I walked into an airtight bubble.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I couldn't hear any wind, there were no birds, there was no movement, no rustling. Normally you hear that stuff when you're hiking along all the time. And this went on for probably at least 200 feet or so. I kind of mm-hmm. walked into it, and then I sort of eventually just kind of walked out of it. Mm. What do you think was happening there? It, it was a very weird experience.
2: Uh, when I was a ranger in Cades Cove, I collected fees and wrote permits for backpackers and everything. And I didn't get over to Ace Gap a lot, but but the if you go to the Methodist Church in Dry Valley, and uh, the widow Kelly is buried there. If if you go up to the boundary of the park, uh, you'll come to Kelly Gap, and then you come to Ace Gap. And Ace Gap, I'd write a permit at Cades Cove for a backpacker, and if it was a woman backpacker, nothing. no, None of that silence and none of that Nothing. But if I wrote a permit for a male backpacker, she steals everything that he got there. She does. <laughs> the the chief ranger of the Great Smokies, Jason Houck, he uh, he's six foot eight, probably 300 pounds there. He he! He rode his motorcycle. He rode the Park motorcycle up Willie Wright's property, at the uh, on Highway 321, and uh, and he drove it right to Ace Gap. And there's the boundary, and he handcuffed or he chained the bike to a tree, and he put his tent out there, and and he had the keys to the chain around the bike, you know, and he. He woke up the next morning, and his gun is gone. And and that gap there is total silence. Brian uh, Brian Fitzgerald is the sh- chief ranger of of uh, the Virgin Islands National Park off of Florida there. And me and me and Brian went to stake out Ace Gap one time, and I told him, I, "Now, Brian, he, he's a big guy." <laughs> and I told him, I says, I, says uh, I ain't staying at Ace Gap. I'm going to be a half a mile back towards Kelly Gap. I'm staying at Ace Gap, you know. And that woman bothered him all night. Brian, Brian is well thought of. He's smart. He's college, everything. And he, he comes and he says, he said and Jason Houck's the same they they think it's a woman they they feel like it's a woman they they she stole Jason's pistol and he's inside the tent and she stole his keys and stole everything and then he didn't have a key to to get and she stole his radio and he couldn't get the the chain off of the tree so we had to walk all the way down to Willie Wright's property and he called me and and he said watch you need to come over here and help me find my keys and my gun and my pack and listen <laughs> and I said no I told you not to go there <laughs> I said I ain't going over there you ain't going to find all that stuff she done carried it off you know and it's only men she does not bother women at all
1: well uh, that they, is weird hmm, at Ace Gap, it's very odd. Yeah, uh, I, I was know. not at Ace Gap when this happened. I was somewhere else, but it was still just what you're talking about definitely quiet. I've never, I've never experienced it since yeah. that one time, and this was probably about four or five years ago. Total, total quietness and so. total—it was like the entire forest was looking right at me.
2: Yeah. Well, Brian, the next time we staked out Ace Gap, Brian got up on the side of the mountain and. And something is bothering me, and it got to my back, you know, and and I turned and to look back up on Walker Mountain, and it's gone, but it's still on my back. And I told him 30, 30 ladies, I says
1: I'm leaving. So what are we talking here? What's what's up there? What's out there? Something's bothering me.
2: That I, I can I can move a hundred feet down the trail towards the the main creek, you know, Hesse Creek there, and it goes away. And I can be up on Walker Mountain, uh, hiking, taking hikes, nothing. Not a not a bit of uh, fluster or bluster, in, but but it's one of them people that died there, I believe. It may be the woman, I don't know who. Uh, they bought, that was their dream home. There's a big house right in the middle of the creek, you know, it's two stories. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is, I, 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 have, I have no idea what it is, but I says I'm leaving. Y'all can come with me or
1: not. I can't figure same it out. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Go is figure. that is that the only time that's ever happened to you? Has that happened anywhere else in the park where it's that dead silence and you just feel like – Ace Gap
2: and then that
1: down at uh, – those two places. Of course. Uh,
2: that, we'd, have to, uh, we'd have to drive across the creek. There's a, there's a little swinging bridge or rail bridge or something that them old people didn't care for us hiking. It was not there before they arrived. That I, I never, I'd go up there and, and they weren't building on the house or anything and, and there's nothing, nothing is on my back, nothing is bothering me. But after whichever one of them that died, it, it's a, it's, it just, it, 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 it it's, don't, they don't give you no break, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> like it's on the back of your neck. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah, yeah. Man. Go figure.
2: But I have no idea what it, but it had to do with uh, that one elderly person that died. And then it left the remaining person and and he or she did not want to continue living there. And they sold it to black, sold the whole mm-hmm. holler.
0: Whole yeah.
2: Go figure. Mm. And, and the ace gap is at the head of that holler. Whoever that ghost is, it, it works that, that section right there, you know, there.
1: Go yeah. figure. Well, Dwight, thank you so much thank for joining much. us on the podcast today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just the... want to give a quick little plug to your books. Yep, yeah. yeah. Line, yeah. Lost, A Ranger's <clears throat> Journal of Search and Rescue, and also Mayday Mayday with yeah. Jeff Wadley, where you all basically went and found, I guess, every single plane crash in the Smokies, right? <laughs> A lot of work in that book. Yeah. Call, call Michael Bouchards or see, see if you... see if We you, will. Yeah, we will. Here we go. I'll it, start sending some emails out, Yeah. like I got in touch with you here at yeah. the Valero Campground. Maybe, maybe they'll send my book back someday. We're <laughs> going to get on top of that, man. Yeah. We're going to work on <laughs> it right right. for you. I promise you. Yes. <laughs>
2: Them rascals. Uh, Channel 10 is that way, you know.
1: Lord. <laughs> well, we're not like that. If we borrow a book, we're gonna get That's it back. Right. Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> Michael will send me another one. He's a you'll like you'll like him if you ever meet him there. He's a he's a pretty sharp guy there. But, uh, but uh, I I think he solved a lot of a lot of murder cases and stuff. You know, there it's uh
0: yeah.
1: We nope have to have him on. Mm-hmm. We have to send some emails yes.
2: his way too. Well, you. He, he used to a professional emailer. Uh, yeah. 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 He used to come tell him to call you the next time he comes. You can interview him there. We would but, love to. Yeah, yes. That'd that, be great. But uh he uh, he's happy that I don't know if he's still a, a de- detective or what, you know, but uh, but uh, he's a very nice fellow there.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Right then. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you me. for your time. There's so cool. much time. Thank you. Okay. Greatly appreciate you joining us today.
0: Absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Well, there it was. Yep. All right. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, uh,
1: as you were listening to the interview there, you notice at the very end, um, and uh, this all just ran... Linearly, we didn't uh, chop this thing up. At the very end of the interview, he began talking about something that that happened to him. A ranger uh, was uh, camping for the night in a kind of in an area where he told him not to, and uh, some of his items got stolen from a ghost. Okay, so that's a little weird, mm-hmm. and uh, we were sort of probing all the while as we were asking our questions in the interview and trying to find out these kinds of things. But we didn't get to them until the very end of our interview time with Dwight that day. And we'd been going for the two-and-a-half-hour interview plus an additional 30 minutes of sort of meet-and-greet and and get comfortable and set everything up. So he was tuckered. He was tuckered out by this point, and we couldn't uh, ask, uh, you know, probe further. But that's really sort of... uh, what we were starting to get interested in was that, right. at the very end of that's, everything.
0: That's what we were trying to really get to for the whole thing.
1: Yeah, but so uh, we it, may interview him again
0: sometime mm-hmm. in the future. It's a possibility. I, I do think this was a good interview. Yes, and to be clear, you said we didn't chop it up. It's been ch- it was chopped, but as far as. The way in we got the information. Dis- uh, in order of discussion. Correct. Um, thank that you for clarifying that. Yeah. I was
1: trying to make that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I just wanted to. Cause yeah. Yeah. You know, we said we chopped it. Yes. So, that's it. I just wanted to make that clear.
1: Everything ran and they, yes. Yeah. So, well. So, anyway. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Mr. McCarter. We sure did. The tracker. Who, uh, you know, again, found hundreds of people in the uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that he's still in touch with uh, Philip Roman. Yeah. Giving Christmas cards and stuff. For May him. not be the only one he's still in touch with. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Because I was wondering that. Saved so. his life, so. Yeah. It's the least he can do. It's the least. Yeah. Send a card. Yeah. And I, I believe on Instagram, the kid that he's holding, young Dwight, that's Philip Roman, right? Yes. Yes. So there you go. It is. Instagram. Terribly vexed podcast. Yes. Go there. You can see it. So. Well. Just want to go ahead and uh, stop there. There's a sign. <laughs> we just had a ghostly happening. The lights just went out for a second. It just went dark in here. But we're still recording, which is good. So, Excellent. That's weird. Oh, spooky. That was a little strange. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Well, hopefully,
1: and you don't want to talk about what we could be doing in the future, we next can. possible I, episodes.
0: I, well, we can talk about the next just episodes.
1: to let because yeah. we have that one pretty much figured out what yeah. we're going to be discussing next time because we're going to be leaving uh, the missing four one one and the strange disappearances. Uh, we wanted to when we started this, we wanted to just sort of cover the ones that happened in the Smoky Mountains, the big ones, yes. and we did that yeah. uh, for the most part. There's so many more. Though. There's so many more. And we will revisit this topic in the future. Yes. Uh however, for the next podcast. We're gonna more than likely the next podcast.
0: Yeah. I'm guessing here. I don't know. We're going to we dis- we're gonna dip our toe in the UFO world. Which is your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Well, not expertise, my area of interest most interest. They don't know that. Right. I I expert. UFO expert. He's a UFO guy. We're gonna Yeah, we're gonna Discuss. We got an interview with Bob Lazar. No, I'm just
1: kidding. We don't have that yet. Yeah, no way. I'm working on it. We'll working on it. it.
0: We'll, we should get Stephen Greer. Are you familiar with him? I think so. Big, bald doctor guy. Takes people out, and they have, like, little, little seance circles and stuff. Oh, and like, hey, I'm not familiar. Yeah, different yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird. I don't know what I think about him, but... I'm sure we knows? could. They, they all seem like wackos in their own special way. <laughs> so. But... Not this next This next subject we're going to talk about, the aerial school. Which you may or may counter. not have heard of. That's what we discussed. I believe it was the Zimbabwe school children incident. Yes. We talked about in one of the other episodes, but that's what we're going to talk about.
1: And uh, we dug deep into that one. Yeah. A lot of information. We've had months and months and months to
0: Yep, yes, we have.
1: <laughs> dig in, uh, to that one, so. and we have. So So I think that's going to be the next episode.
0: We're going to get to the bottom of that one and solve it. So, all right. Well, look forward to that. And, you know, Table of X podcasts across the board. Get in touch. iTunes, all that jazz. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yep.